Prohibition by Robert G. Ingersoll, first published in the New York World, October 21, 1888, and then in the collected Works of Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume 8, Interviews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in May 2020. Prohibition It has been decided by many courts in various states that the traffic in liquor can be regulated, that it is a police question. It has been decided by the courts in Iowa that its manufacture and sale can be prohibited, and not only so, but that a distillery or a brewery may be declared a nuisance and may legally be abated, and these decisions have been upheld by the Supreme Court of the United States. Consequently, it has been settled by the highest tribunal that states have the power either to regulate or to prohibit the sale of intoxicating liquors, and not only so, but that states have the power to destroy breweries and distilleries without making any compensation to the owners. So it has always been considered within the power of the state to license the selling of intoxicating liquors. In other words, this question is one that the states can decide for themselves. It is not, and should not be, in my judgment, a federal question. It is something with which the United States has nothing to do. It belongs to the states, and where a majority of the people are in favor of prohibition and pass laws to that effect, there is nothing in the Constitution of the United States that interferes with such action. The remaining question, then, is not a question of power, but a question of policy, and at the threshold of this question is another— can prohibitory laws be enforced? There are today in Kansas, a prohibition state, more saloons, that is to say, more places in which liquor is sold, than there are in Georgia, a state without prohibition legislation. There are more in Nebraska, according to the population, more in Iowa, according to the population, than in many of the states in which there is the old license system. You will find that the United States has granted more licenses to wholesale and retail dealers in these prohibition states, according to the population, than in many others in which prohibition has not been adopted. These facts tend to show that it is not enough for the legislature to say, be it enacted. Behind every law there must be an intelligent and powerful public opinion. A law to be enforced must be the expression of such powerful and intelligent opinion. Otherwise, it becomes a dead letter. It is avoided. Judges continue the cases, juries refuse to convict, and witnesses are not particular about telling the truth. Such laws demoralize the community, or to put it another way, demoralized communities pass such laws. Question to Mr. Ingersoll. What do you think of the prohibitory movement on general principles? Answer. The trouble is that when a few zealous men, intending to reform the world, endeavor to enforce unpopular laws, they are compelled to resort to detectives to a system of espionage. For the purpose of preventing the sale of liquors, somebody has to watch. Eyes and ears must become acquainted with keyholes. Every neighbor suspects every other. A man with a bottle or a demijohn is followed. Those who drink get behind doors, in cellars and garrets. Hypocrisy becomes substantially universal. 
hundreds of people become suddenly afflicted with a variety of diseases for the cure of which alcohol in some form is supposed to be indispensable malaria becomes general and it is perfectly astonishing how long a few pieces of peruvian bark will last and how often the liquor can be renewed without absorbing the medicinal qualities of the bark the state becomes a paradise for patent medicine the medicine being poor whiskey with a scientific name physicians become popular in proportion as liquor of some kind figures in their prescriptions then in the towns clubs are formed the principal object being to establish a saloon and in many instances the drug store becomes a favorite resort especially on sundays there is however another side to this question it is this nothing in the world is more important than personal liberty many people are in favor of blotting out the sun to prevent the growth of weeds this is the mistake of all prohibitory fanaticism question what is true temperance colonel ingersoll answer men have used stimulants for many thousand years and as much is used today in various forms as in any other period of the world's history they are used with more prudence now than ever before for the reason that the average man is more intelligent now than ever before intelligence has much to do with temperance the barbarian rushes to the extreme for the reason that but little comparatively depends upon his personal conduct or personal habits now the struggle of life is so sharp competition is so severe that few men can succeed who carry a useless burden the businessmen of our country are compelled to lead temperate lives otherwise their credit is gone men of wealth men of intelligence do not wish to employ intemperate physicians they are not willing to trust their health or their lives with a physician who is under the influence of liquor the same is true of businessmen in regard to their legal interests they insist upon having sober attorneys they want the counsel of a sober man so in every department on the railways it is absolutely essential that the engineer that the conductor the train dispatcher and every other employee in whose hands are the lives of men should be temperate the consequence is that under the law of the survival of the fittest the intemperate are slowly but surely going to the wall they are slowly but surely being driven out of employments of trust and importance as we rise in the scale of civilization we continually demand better and better service we are continually insisting upon better habits upon a higher standard of integrity of fidelity these are the causes in my judgment that are working together in the direction of true temperance question mr ingersoll do you believe the people can be made to do without a stimulant answer the history of the world shows that all men who have advanced one step beyond utter barbarism have used some kind of stimulant man has sought for it in every direction every savage loves it everything has been tried opium has been used by many hundreds of millions hashish has filled countless brains with chaotic dreams and everywhere that civilization has gone the blood of the grape has been used nothing is easier now to obtain than liquor in one bushel of corn there are at least five gallons four can easily be extracted 
all starch all sugars can be changed almost instantly into alcohol every grain that grows has in it the intoxicating principle and as a matter of fact nearly all of the corn wheat sugar and starch that man eats is changed into alcohol in his stomach whether man can be compelled to do without a stimulant is a question that i am unable to answer of one thing i am certain he has never yet been compelled to do without one the tendency i think of modern times is toward a milder stimulant than distilled liquors whiskey and brandies are too strong wine and beer occupy the middle ground wine is a fireside whiskey a conflagration it seems to me that it would be far better if the prohibitionists would turn their attention toward distilled spirits if they were willing to compromise the probability is that they would have public opinion on their side if you would say you may have all the beer and all the wine and cider you wish and you can drink them when and where you desire but the sale of distilled spirits shall be prohibited it is possible that this could be carried out in good faith in many if not in most of the states possibly in all we all know the effect of wine even when taken in excess is nothing near as disastrous as the effect of distilled spirits why not take the middle ground the wine drinkers of the old country are not drunkards they have been drinking wine for generations it is drunk by men women and children it adds to the sociability of the family it does not separate the husband from the rest it keeps them all together and in that view is rather a benefit than an injury good wine can be raised as cheaply here as in any part of the world in nearly every part of our country the grape grows and good wine can be made if our people had a taste for wine they would lose the taste for stronger drink and they would be disgusted with the surroundings of the stronger drink the same may be said in favor of beer as long as the prohibitionists make no distinction between wine and whiskey between beer and brandy just so long they will be regarded by most people as fanatics the prohibitionists cannot expect to make this question a federal one the united states has no jurisdiction of this subject congress can pass no laws affecting this question that could have any force except in such parts of the country as are not within the jurisdiction of states it is a question for the states and not for the federal government the prohibitionists are simply throwing away their votes let us suppose that we had a prohibition congress and a prohibition president what steps could be taken to do away with the drinking in the city of new york what steps could be taken in any state of this union what could by any possibility be done a few years ago the prohibitionists demanded above all things that the tax be taken from distilled spirits claiming at that time that such a tax made the government a partner in vice now when the republican party proposes under certain circumstances to remove that tax the prohibitionists denounce the movement as one in favor of intemperance we have also been told that the tax on whiskey should be kept for the reason that it increases the price and that an increased price tends to make a temperate people that if the tax is taken off the price will fall and the whole country start on the downward road to destruction is it possible that human nature stands on such slippery ground is it possible that our civilization today rests upon the price of alcohol and that should the price be reduced we would all go down together 
for one i cannot entertain such a humiliating and disgraceful view of human nature i believe that man is destined to grow greater grander and nobler i believe that no matter what the cost of alcohol may be life will grow too valuable to be thrown away men hold life according to its value men as a rule only throw away their lives when they are not worth keeping when life becomes worth living it will be carefully preserved and will be hoarded to the last grain of sand that falls through the glass of time question mr ingersoll what is the reason for so much intemperance answer when many people are failures when they are distanced in the race when they fall behind when they give up when they lose ambition when they finally become convinced that they are worthless precisely as they are in danger of becoming dishonest in other words having failed in the race of life on the highway they endeavor to reach the goal by going across lots by crawling through the grass disguise this matter as we may all people are not successes all people have not the brain or the muscle or the moral stamina necessary to succeed some fall in one way some in another some in the net of strong drink some in the web of circumstances and others in a thousand ways and the world itself cannot grow better unless the unworthy fail the law is the survival of the fittest that is to say the destruction of the unfit there is no scheme of morals no scheme of government no scheme of charity that can reverse this law if it could be reversed then the result would be the survival of the unfittest the speedy end of which would be the extinction of the human race temperance men say that it is wise in so far as possible to remove temptation from our fellow men let us look at this in regard to other matters how do we do away with larceny we cannot remove property we cannot destroy the money of the world to keep people from stealing some of it in other words we cannot afford to make the world valueless to prevent larceny all strength by which temptation is resisted must come from the inside virtue does not depend upon the obstacles to be overcome virtue depends upon what is inside of the man a man is not honest because the safe of the bank is perfectly secure upon the honest man the condition of the safe has no effect we will never succeed in raising great and splendid people by keeping them out of temptation great people withstand temptation great people have what may be called moral muscle moral force they are poised within themselves they understand their relations to the world the best possible foundation for honesty is the intellectual perception that dishonesty can under no circumstances be a good investment that larceny is not only wicked but foolish not only criminal but stupid that crimes are committed only by fools on every hand there is what is called temptation every man has the opportunity of doing wrong every man in this country has the opportunity of drinking too much has the opportunity of acquiring the opium habit has the opportunity of taking morphine every day in other words has the opportunity of destroying himself how are they to be prevented most of them are prevented at least in a reasonable degree and they are prevented by their intelligence by their surroundings by their education by their objects and aims in life by the people they love and the people who love them 
no one will deny the evils of intemperance and it is hardly to be wondered at that people who regard only one side who think of the impoverished and wretched of wives and children in want of desolate homes become the advocates of absolute prohibition at the same time there is the philosophic side and the question is whether more good cannot be done by moral influence by example by education by the gradual civilization of our fellow-men than in any other possible way the greatest things are accomplished by indirection in this way the idea of force of slavery is avoided the person influenced does not feel that he has been trampled upon does not regard himself as a victim he feels rather as a pupil as one who receives a benefit whose mind has been enlarged whose life has been enriched whereas the direct way of thou shalt not produces an antagonism in other words it produces the natural result of i will by removing one temptation you add strength to others by depriving a man of one stimulant as a rule you drive him to another and the other may be far worse than the one from which he has been driven we have hundreds of laws making certain things misdemeanors which are naturally right thousands of people honest in most directions delight in outwitting the government derive absolute pleasure from getting in a few clothes and gloves and shawls without the payment of duty thousands of people buy things in europe for which they pay more than they would for the same things in america and then exercise their ingenuity in slipping them through the custom-house a law to have real force must spring from the nature of things and the justice of this law must be generally perceived otherwise it will be evaded the temperance people themselves are playing into the hands of the very party that would refuse to count their votes allow the democrats to remain in power allow the democrats to be controlled by the south and a large majority might be in favor of temperance legislation and yet the votes would remain uncounted the party of reform has a great interest in honest elections and honest elections must first be obtained as the foundation of reform the prohibitionists can take their choice between these parties would it not be far better for the prohibitionists to say we will vote for temperance men we will stand with the party that is the nearest in favor of what we deem to be right they should also take into consideration that other people are as honest as they that others disbelieve in prohibition as honestly as they believe in it and that other people cannot leave their principles to vote for prohibition and they must remember that these other people are in the majority mr fisk knows that he cannot be elected president knows that it is impossible for him to carry any state in the union he also knows that in nearly every state in the union probably in all a majority of the people believe in stimulants why not work with the great and enlightened majority why rush to the extreme for the purpose not only of making yourself useless but hurtful no man in the world is more opposed to intemperance than i am no man in the world feels more keenly the evils and the agony produced by the crime of drunkenness and yet i would not be willing to sacrifice liberty individuality and the glory and greatness of individual freedom to do away with all the evils of intemperance 
in other words i believe that slavery oppression and suppression would crowd humanity into a thousand deformities the result of which would be a thousand times more disastrous to the well-being of man i do not believe in the slave virtues in the monotony of tyranny in the respectability produced by force i admire the men who have grown in the atmosphere of liberty who have the pose of independence the virtues of strength of heroism and in whose hearts is the magnanimity the tenderness and the courage born of victory end of prohibition by robert g ingersoll